Hi, and thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and I'm here with Jane Belt, Curriculum Development Specialist with ANAC. Welcome, Jane. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here. Jane, you recently taught a webinar on some of the significant changes to the five-star quality rating system and mentioned that facilities are seeing changes to their stars. Would you please provide an overview of those changes? Sure, I'd be happy to. And it's quite an overview. But uh, first of all, I guess the main thing is the overall domains did not change. We still have an overall rating. We have health inspection, we have staffing, and we have quality measures. What changed was how some of the scoring goes and what I call the threshold or the goals, the bars, the touchdown goalpost of what we're trying to achieve. So if we start with the very first one, which is the health inspection domain, and that really is the foundation of the rating system. It is the most important. Most of you know there's been a freeze in place since November of 2017 as we were getting the new survey blended process in place. Well, that freeze has been lifted and CMS has gone back to the previous ways that we've scored for years, our health inspection using our scope and our severity grid. And there's really no changes in that grid. And if you can picture in your mind, you know, the severity column goes down the left-hand side of the chart and where the most severe deficiency would be at an immediate jeopardy level. And then it goes down to actual harm, not jeopardy, on down the line until there's no actual harm. As far as the scope, it goes isolated pattern and widespread. In other words, the more residents that are involved with the cited deficiency, the wider the scope is, the wider the pattern is. And the points are based on, in the health inspection domain, those points are based on your last three certification surveys. For every deficiency, the bad news is, depending on that severity and scope, you get points. And the more points you get, the worse your health inspection rating is going to be. In other words, we don't like points in the health inspection. So I mentioned the last three annual certification surveys. The other thing that goes into that figure is your substantiated complaint surveys over the last 36 months, and then the number of revisits. Once you had a survey, how many times did CMS have to come back to get you into compliance? The next domain, the staffing domain, this is where the thresholds were changed. And really putting an emphasis on RN staffing, the registered nurse. The components of staffing are still the same. We've got our RN, and so that would be the DON, RNs with administrative duties and RNs on the floor. The total nursing staffing comes from the hours that the RN works, the LPNs work, and the nursing assistants work. And those hours are combined to generate this rating. In addition, they kind of knocked down our system a bit in the fact that now if a facility does not have data for an RN 
and it is more than four days per quarter, that facility will receive only one star for that entire calendar quarter. In addition, that RN and overall nursing hours per resident day, that you all know the math to try to figure that out, you need the census. Well, the census comes from your MDS data, in particular, the discharge assessment, so that CMS can figure who's in, who's out. And let me back up a minute, I, as I probably, I'm not sure I mentioned that, that staffing data about how many hours the RN, LPN, and nurse aide work, that comes from the payroll-based journal, your PBJ. Now, many of you might not be involved in that, but do remember that there are ways that we can help whoever is submitting that by getting data from the CASPER report so that we can see were our records actually accepted. So PBJ is very important for your staffing domain. The last domain, quality measure, and again, still using MDS and Medicare claims data. That's not new, but now we have more claims-based measures. We have a total of 17 quality measures, 10 long stay, seven short stay. And again, what impacts the performance of the facility? The better you do, the better your quality measures are, the higher your rating. In addition to the new and changed measures, they also, CMS has given weight to measures, this is kind of nice, I think, that you get a greater opportunity for improvement. And what I mean by that now is some of the QMs allow a facility to achieve 150 points for good performance, rather than, you know, we are very used to getting 100 points for our quality measures if we do very well, and then it goes down, you know, 180, 60, 40, 20. Well, now we've got this 150, and they go by deciles or tenths. So 150, 140, again, you're getting points for better performance and more points to help pop up that QM score. So what would be the measures that would allow you to do better and get more points? Well, the, the long-stay measures, ADL worsening, antipsychotic use, mobility decline, and the short-stay measure is that functional improvement. The other measures that use these 150 points are claims-based, and those only apply to your Medicare fee-for-service beneficiaries, which, again, as you know, we can't do much about those except keep our residents out of the hospital, not have readmissions, not send them to the emergency department unless it's absolutely necessary. Thank you so much for that overview, Jane. There were a few questions we received from members during your five-star webinar that still need answers. Let's take a look at those. One question was regarding the health inspection domain. What survey will count in calculating a facility's star rating if the facility didn't have a survey in almost two years? Wow, that is unusual to you know not have a survey for almost two years because the, really the requirements are for the states no more than 15 months. But if that is the case for this facility, the health inspection rating is still going to come 
The most recent will be that survey that was almost two years ago. And so those deficiencies, whatever they are, they will count as half of the weight for the health inspection domain. And then we know you go back a year prior to that, those weights are one third and you go back to the previous survey and that weight is a sixth, but that is unusual, but that's how they'll do it. Thanks, Jane. Now, regarding the staffing domain, another member question we received was, can corporate consultant hours be counted as staff hours for PBJ? Okay, so if someone from the corporate office is in the facility and is performing duties involving resident care, the hours that they do spend performing that care can be reported, even though the person probably is gonna be paid through the corporate payroll rather than the facilities. So this would include, uh, let's see, instances when a corporate nurse is filling in for the DON, the director of nursing, when he or she is on vacation. However, here's the important part. You cannot include hours that a corporate nurse spends performing monitoring tasks or things like helping the facility prepare for a survey, doing chart reviews, that is their corporate job, and that would not count as hours for PBJ. That's good to know, Jane. Thank you. So if the facility has RN MDS coordinators who are also salaried and work 10 to 12 hours a day, what gets counted for PBJ? Well, the way the rules work for PBJ is that for these type of folks, you could only count regularly salaried hours. So in this case, if the nurse is salaried and working 40 hours in five days, eight hours a day, that is what would be reported, the 40 hours. Now, if that nurse works the floor and they're paid separately, which again, a facility can split that out, and if those hours are paid separately, those hours would be counted separately from the salaried position. And I know that gets a bit confusing, and I have to tell you that one of the very useful documents that's available is the frequently asked questions documented on the PBJ website, because there are so many details. And the, you know, the manual is there, and it really gives you good examples, too, if there are any questions. That's a great reference, Jane. Thank you. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Ready to take a deeper dive into PDPM? In our new PDPM intensive series for SNFs, master teacher Jesse McGill maps out the elements for successful transition. In this four-part virtual workshop series, you'll learn how to not just survive, but to thrive in PDPM. Learn more by visiting anac.org slash virtual workshops. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jane Belt, Curriculum Development Specialist with ANAC, about the recent five-star changes. Jane, one of our members had a question about restraints. Now that restraints are no longer used in the five-star calculation, is it okay to use them? Oh my, no. It is true. That person is absolutely right that restraints are no longer used in the calculation of our five-star rating. But 
they are still being reported on nursing home compare, which if someone does not know, that nursing home compare website that CMS has and updates with our five-star ratings and our, you know, so all the data about our surveys and our staffing and all of that, that nursing home compare website is one of the most frequently visited websites that CMS has, and it is being used by the public. So the use of physical restraints will still be reported on nursing home compare. And what, then why did they remove it from five star? Well, I think we all need to pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, we've been doing a good job and we have reduced restraint use. And so many facilities were getting those, you know, high points for good quality care. And because so many facilities were receiving those good quality care ratings, they said, well, we don't need to measure that anymore for five-star. But trust me, restraints have very adverse side effects. Increasing pressure ulcer, decreasing mobility, depression, anxiety. So there are a lot of concerns with restraint use. And just because they're not in your five-star doesn't mean a surveyor will not cite you in your annual certification survey. So they are just as important as ever. Those are good concerns to be aware of. Thanks, Jane. For the last question, how does a facility determine their overall five-star rating? Okay, that's a good question. And I guess the good news is nothing's really changed. We still have our five-step process. And how the process works, you start with the health inspection score. That's the, what I call the foundation. That's the starting point. Next, we go to the staffing star. And a facility can add one star if the staffing star is four or five. But it also has to be greater than the survey star. So if I get four in health inspection and I get four in staffing, there's no additional star because we did not have a rating greater than the health inspection. The other thing we have to remember about the staffing stars is that one star is subtracted from that foundation, your health inspection score. We subtract one star if the staffing was only a one star. Then the next step is we would add a star if the quality measure rating is equal to five stars. Or if the quality measure is one star, that's the bad news, we would subtract a star. So health inspection is the foundation. You get to add a star if your staffing is four or five and greater than your survey star. You have to subtract one if it's only a one star in staffing. And for your quality measures, what makes a difference is five stars on your quality measure. You get to add a star, but if it's only one star in quality measures, you have to subtract a star. 
Now, so that five-star process that we talked about gives you that overall star rating. And I would like to add one other thing. There are some exceptions to that, and those are in your five-star manual, which that is just really like, that's like your Bible for five stars. You need to have that. It's available on the ANAC website as well. Thanks so much, Jane. That is helpful information as facilities are trying to sort through all these five-star changes. Listeners, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future update. For more resources and tools, please visit the ANAC website at www.aanac.org.